Welcome to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast. Your source for everything outdoors. Let's kick it into overdrive. Overdrive Outdoors podcast brought to you by Predator Hunter Outdoors. Whether you are new to predator hunting or looking to upgrade your equipment, Predator Hunter Outdoors will have you hunting after the sun goes down. Carrying a full line of lights, night vision, and thermal optics, along with tripods, calls, mounting systems, and more, check them out at www.predatorhunteroutdoors.com or on Facebook at Predator Hunter Outdoors. Use promo code OVERDRIVE2021 for 20% off your order. All right, everybody. So tonight we're here with Steve Thomas, his first time on the Overdrive podcast. And we have our very first guest from outside of the Overdrive world, Mr. Teddy Pace. Teddy, how you doing? I'm great. Glad to be here talking with you, fellas. Steve, what are you up to? Not much. Ready to talk some deer hunting. Yeah, that's kind of going to be where we're at during this podcast it's going to be a deer hunting podcast early season podcast but first you know i kind of i've been doing a lot of fishing lately the fishing has been pretty good around here uh we've been catching a lot of panfish. me and mostly carter's been wanting to go out fishing with me my oldest boy teddy you've been doing some fishing too haven't you yeah we got a couple little small ponds around here that i take the kids to you know, good bluegill action, not keepable numbers, but it's yep. just great for the kids to get to catch. And I got a little canoe that we take over there sometimes with one or two of them in it. And, you know, we have fun. See, and that's where we go fishing. And I tell the boys, too, if, if you don't put 10 in that basket, I'm not keeping them. <laughs> right. I'm not playing six of the things <laughs> to, yeah. to have a snack at lunchtime, you know. Right. Well, I'm, but, I'm lucky. I, I got the St. Clair River right here, and the walleye fishing is phenomenal. So I, one of my best friends, you know, we've used to fish a lot. He still does fish a lot, and whenever I want to go get some fish, I can usually call him and uh, go out and catch a limit, you know, usually any night we want to, as long as the wind ain't blowing wrong, you know. Right. So I've been pretty spoiled. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I like going out. When I go fishing, I like to bass fish, and I like to walleye fish because I like fighting those bigger fish but the kids they don't have the patience for that they don't have the patience for yeah. flipping a freaking yeah. cinco around you know and waiting for it to sink and hoping for a hit so i picked up a cheap little ultralight rod and i've been throwing a 116th ounce jig with a piece of night crawler on there and just catching you know slab bluegill on that ultralight with the drag set real low and as soon as one of them little six ounce fish hits it yeah and it, yeah. it's fun well, doing that you know that's why i like my eagle claw feather light right yeah i mean a good sized bluegill give you a run for your money on that rod i enjoyed i enjoyed doing that for the first time ever probably this year because when we used to go up to the cottage we used to go sit on the pontoon and catch perch but they were you know six seven inch little little that's tiny fun. perch and that was boring to me, but now that I picked up an ultralight with some, I think, four-pound test on there with a low-set low drag, I've been having a good time doing that. So I think that's what we're going to go do tomorrow morning, too, if we're not nice. calling for rain. I haven't actually looked at the weather yet. But I think tomorrow's supposed to be pretty nice, actually. I just hope it's cool. I don't know that my body can handle <laughs> any more sunburn. I the think next you're gonna hit mid eighties by the middle of the day. Oh, fantastic! Because nice. we were gonna go tubing tomorrow, but now I'm not. Ugh. I'm just gonna smoke a whole bunch of meat. Oh, that works too. <laughs> so, Steve, this is your first time on the podcast. Yep. Why don't you tell everybody where you're from, kind of what you do? I mean, we've been you've been part of Overdrive for four years i think now maybe five 2016 yeah five years so five years yeah and so, and you've done a lot of coyote hunting with us but you're also yeah. a big deer hunter so yeah um i've been with overdrive five years now i live in northern allegan county uh not too far from josh here but do a lot of coyote hunting haven't recently uh, a lot of deer hunting and 
I, lo- I really like my uh, running beagles and rabbits in the wintertime and uh, get my kids out squirrel hunting and rabbit hunting. We have a lot of fun with that, doing some ice fishing and uh, steelheading. So ice fishing, I couldn't, I just couldn't talk myself into it after the first time this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just got to get that right day and you'll get hooked again. Hold your mouth right or whatever they say. <laughs> Teddy, do you do any ice fishing? I, yeah, I grew up on Lake St. Clair, so I used to hit it hard. Um, I actually haven't done it in a few years, but this year, this past year with Corona and everything, having the time, I picked up a shanty and made a couple perch runs down on Lake St. Clair and caught a couple nice messes of them. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's hit or miss. Like if you get on them good when they're there, it can be a blast or it could be six hours staring down a hole and, and then with the sore back and a stiff neck, you yeah. know? <laughs> Yeah. Do you? Absolutely. How many kids you got, Teddy? Three. Do you take them when you're out on the ice? I haven't yet, um, because I bought this little tiny shanty. Um, just getting back into it, but you know, end game is yeah, I'm gonna get a big shanty and start taking them too. See, and that I posted about this on the Overdrive Facebook page last week. If you have kids and you want to take them to do this stuff like ice fishing or public land, run and gun hunting these bucks. Yeah. How do you do it with a kid that wants to do it, but doesn't have the patience to do it? That's a very big struggle. It would be with the way you take your kids to learn anything. You got to expect that there's going to be flaws and you're not going to succeed, but you're doing it for the experience and for them to learn. And eventually, maybe they will get a love for it, but we also can't force them at the same time because then they probably won't enjoy it in the long run yeah but given giving them that option with you know no expectations of actually shooting that big buck but we're going to go out and act like we're going to try and and try you know see i i agree with that 100 percent. you got to start slow going through the motions and let them get that itch you know i mean plan short trips you know they're going to end quick when they you know what i'm saying well my kid i take my kids all hunting my youngest you know what i'm saying she she'll be six in november and i took her last year opening weekend a bow i took her out back with the crossbow you know i got her shooting the crossbow really good and you know she was pulling a grouping at 20 yards so um my fiance was out of town so i took her out hunting opening weekend last year with me you know what i'm saying she sat tight and almost got a shot off at a buck but her little rubber boots squeaked on the chair and spooked him <laughs> it's always you know, this little yeah. thing yeah yeah you know, but she she was happy as heck that she got to see a deer and was able to tell her brother and sister that she almost got a shot at a buck you know and you know my son got a good turkey last year he's missed a nice six point this year he missed a big doe this year uh, my daughter's missed a couple turkeys but I've they, been known for missing a couple of things before. I'm not yeah. going to mention my own name, but I'm right here. Yeah, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a couple of misses <laughs> under my belt too, bro. But uh, mine just aren't as public as yours, I'll say. It's <laughs> well known. But you know, I with, with the kids though, man, you just got to start them small and expect keep some, you know, a tablet to keep them occupied. Take them at the best hours, the best times. Yeah. See, and I'll stop you right there because that I I have I have a personal problem with that myself. Giving my kids something like a Game Boy or a tablet or something, I just I feel like if that's what you want to do, and maybe stay I'm home. a bad guy for it, but stay home. <laughs> right. Well, I'm kind of on the fence about that same thing. The first year I took Hunter out, I wouldn't give him anything, and he was his patience was very low. And the second year, I would give him my phone, and he'd play, like, a dirt bike game, and I'd let him do it for, like, 10, 15 minutes, and I'd take it back, and then he'd have to wait a little bit. But, you know, that that first year was, he practiced really hard. He wanted to go hunting, shooting that crossbow like crazy, and he became a really good shot. And at six years old, first morning, he killed his first deer. And But we were in the blind for maybe two hours, and he was ready to go after an hour. <laughs> Dad, can we go? Dad, when are the deer going to be here? Because he'd, he'd helped hang cameras all, su- all summer and leading up to it. And uh, there, the last couple of weeks, we had a, a good group of does coming through, like, right after daylight, every day, every day. So he, you know, expected right after daylight 
a deer was going to come mm-hmm. through in that morning we're out there. They didn't. Dad, when are the deer going to be here? Dad, when are they <laughs> going to come? I don't know, buddy. They might not come. And, uh, you know, it was maybe an hour and a half into it. And he's like, Dad, can we just go? I'm like, let's give it a little bit longer, bud, a little bit longer. And it wasn't 20 minutes later, and I could hear him coming from behind us. And, boy, that just he did a 180, just perked yeah. right up, started breathing a little heavy, and let doe come around the corner of that blind. And, you know, See, he and took that- it. I feel like that's part of the hardest thing is that it's hard to keep kids involved or or enthusiastic about it when there's been nothing. Yeah, for yeah, so it long. It is. Well, well we've gotten accustomed to the point of you might sit for five, six, seven yeah. hours in a tree before the big one finally walks by by himself, and it's the you first might sit animal from you see. Sun up to sundown and not see. Anything. You will a lot of times. <laughs> But what what I do is, um, you know, if it's a morning hunt, they don't get to touch the tablet until it's well after, you know what I'm saying, daylight, and we're in there and prime time's over. And it's going to get to be the boring time where we're sitting there and trudging it out and hoping one might come walk through. And the same thing with evening hunts. They get it from, if we're out in the blind at 2 o'clock and it ain't dark till 6, they get the tablet for an hour or two, and then it's like, all right, it's showtime, man. One could pop out any time, put the tablet away, you know, let's buckle down and get ready, you yeah. know. And and they know after, you know, once they see one coming at the evening, they know it's it's getting dark, Dad. We might see one. I got to start looking, you know. Right. So, I, I mean, that's the way I've done it because you can't expect – I mean, I've been taking my kids since they were four. I mean, you've been taking your kids since they were super young as well, yeah. you know. And, I mean, my – all of mine started going at about four, you know what I'm saying? And you can't expect a five-year-old, four or five-year-old to sit there for three or four hours and stay entertained. If I can keep them distracted for two hours and then that last hour they're in the zone, we're winning. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and then, I, I, I just feel like at this point there's so much, there's so much distraction anymore from real life, you know, what's going on around you and I, I personally hate it, but I know I'm bad at it just the same because there ain't no way I'd sit in that tree all day long from sunup to sundown without, without seeing Facebook a deer, without a scanning through Facebook. <laughs> exactly. Saying, well, Teddy Pace just shot one. What the heck? <laughs> when we were younger, we didn't have that. There was no smartphone or tablet or yeah. anything. We had, we had to tough it out. You know, yeah. we had to tough it out when we were. And it was tough. Up. And too. it was tough. You know, it's different times at the same time, but. No, that's how I kind of started that first year. I wanted Hunter. I didn't want that. I wanted him to enjoy it. But I've seen him starting to lose yeah. that want a little bit. So, Which is hard. This ain't the world that we grew up in, fellas. And we got to make the adjustments. And if I got to sacrifice a couple hours of tablet time so that I can light that fire in these kids, you know what I'm saying? My son shot his yeah. first turkey last year. And, you know, your, your kids have had some harvest. Yeah. You know what it's like when they get it done. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It, it, it something clicks, you know, we, we got to do what we got to do to get them there to keep yep. this thing going. You know, that's the way yep. I look at it. You know, yep. I agree. Well, Teddy, how about you growing up? Did, did you always come from a hunting family or are you kind of your own? I found my own way. No, I, I, my dad was a uh, old hillbilly from Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? He, he hunted a lot, didn't kill a lot. That's but, my dad. He wasn't a hillbilly from Kentucky, but he hunted a lot and didn't kill a lot. My grandpa's from Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, my my dad uh, hunted 25 some years and killed one buck. You know, and it's a little eight point, a little basket rack eight point that I got. I just had it remounted a couple years ago with one of my capes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but <clears throat> he, but I had two older brothers too, so he always had a kid with him. You know, he drug me along when from the time I was five years old, I was going. You know what I'm saying? And falling asleep at the base of the tree and waking up, you know what I'm saying? In the rain, soaking wet, you know, whatever, you know, but always trudging along, you know? So, I mean that, but we, we had a camper that we went to. I I grew up in Warren, so I was in the city, you know what I'm saying? I was right on the border of Detroit. Um, So, but every weekend we had a camper over in Howell that we went to and, you know, there was a little pond that we fished or a little lake that we fished in and we bluegilled and bass fished and, you know, squirrel hunted and deer hunted. <clears throat> so I was always chasing my dad and my older brothers around playing catch up. I'm the youngest of five. So I had two older brothers that I was trying to chase around, you know. So back then, when your dad and your brothers and you would go deer hunting, 
how what was your main hunting style back at that point i mean were you a bait hunters were you uh, playing a last stand and sit there all year it wasn't even tree stands we had you know back this is early 90s you know we were two by fours and plywood building you know i remember i built my own my first tree stand when i was 12 out of a couple two by fours and a piece of plywood you know and i had an old dart and bow and I didn't even know about clearing shooting lanes. I had two yearlings come out and dumped my whole quiver on them. And my dad and brother were up the hill watching, and my arrows were actually deflecting over the deer and, you know, <laughs> shooting into the next field over because I was hitting branches that I didn't trim shooting lanes because we didn't know nothing about that, you know. My dad was just hunt a run, find a run, and sit tight. And that's, that's kind of old woodsmanship yeah. style hunting, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, look so, for sign and, you know, hunt it. Do you do you recall your first time actually being out deer hunting? Uh, I, I, I remember, I don't know about the first time, but I, I can remember being real young and, you know, like I said, falling asleep at the base of a tree. I woke up and it was pouring rain, you know, and I was face down, like sleeping in the grass, you know, and I woke up, my whole back was all wet. You know what I'm saying? My dad's sitting there soaking wet in the rain. You know, he smoked a pipe and drank coffee. And he said, did you have a good nap, boy? You know, and I, I, I was probably five or six years old, you know. And I, I don't know why I remember it, but, you know, it was just like he just sat through the rain, was like, yeah, we're hunting. Did you have a good nap? All right, well, watch for some deer now. You know, Memorable things. Yeah. Yeah. What about but, your first successful hunt that you were a part of whether you were the first whether you were the hunter or you were with somebody that was successful well i i know that when i was about seven my dad shot his buck and he brought it home and i'll never forget that like i knew he he had a little uh plymouth horizon little tiny car and he shot a buck and a doe at the same time he shot the doe and it dropped and then the buck was standing there and he thought wasn't sure what so he shot again and walked over and a buck and doe laying there <laughs> and uh he actually had to cut the legs off to get in this little horizon or omni whatever and uh you know i remember when he brought it home he didn't even gut it didn't even gut him or nothing he just got him into the car got him home you know and him and both i i will never forget you know they we drug these deer into the garage and it was the first time i had seen a buck and yep. i like i knew then dude i was just like oh man this is what i'm gonna do <laughs> i'm gonna chase these deer like i'm gonna kill bucks man you know and i i knew then you know and my dad man i couldn't even tell you my dad hunted my whole life and i think the first deer he ever brought home i was probably 10 11 he wasn't a good deer hunter he was just a deer hunter <laughs> but he had he had some good private property to hunt and he always had seen deer and shot at deer but i guess the mapes name kind of uh rings true all down the line it's generational just... <laughs> huh <laughs> i was just gonna say that <laughs> yep and and he brought home that first deer i think probably when i was 10 between 10 and 12 and it was the same thing you know we had waited for him to come home with a deer for every year he would go for opening day of gun season opening week or whatever for of yep. gun season here in michigan and it was a long time before we actually got to see what one looked like up close but that was kind of the same. It's like, yep, I'm, I'm going to be a deer hunter when I get older. Yeah. What would you now consider your hunting style? Because you hunt both public and private. So between public and private, do you do you have completely different hunting styles between the two? I mean, how, how would you go out and tackle a piece of public versus how you'd go out and tackle a piece of private? Well... Both of them, I'm worried about other hunters is my main concern. You know what I'm saying? State land even more so. You know what I'm saying? I'm hunting them too because I want to stay away from them, you know, or I'm going to want them to push the deer to me, you know, whereas you can be a little more uh, on the private land. I got lucky with my, when I bought my house on 10 acres, I ended up getting access to the 80 acres behind me. That's a huge crop field and 30 acres, two doors down. Bummer. So. I bought 10 acres. Yeah, I bought 10 acres and got 120 adjoining with it, you know. Terrible. Yeah, I right? bought three quarters and I've got three quarters. 
so I'm a little more patient here. You know what I'm saying? Because I know what the pressure is here. A little more calculated. But, I mean, state land is scout, 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 get away from the people, hunt the freshest sign. You know? I mean, I've had a, I've killed a lot of deer on state land. You know? Yep. A lot of deer. That's where I, you know, cut my teeth. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I killed a lot of deer. I hunted with a buddy up in Kalkaska. Um, I shot my first deer up there when I was about 16 with a bow, you know, over bait piles. This was back when baiting was legal. And, yep. you know, we used to load them up. We'd get truckloads of beets and carrots every weekend when we'd be up there and, you know, load up bait piles. And, you know, I cut my teeth killing deer like that. Um, That's how I remember it, too. Me, too. We used to do the same thing in Cadillac. I, I went from 12. my family not killing nothing to going up to my buddy's cabin and everybody's killing deer. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, eventually I just got way more selective, you know, and now I'm looking for, you know, a lot of the run and gun stuff. You know what I'm saying? The same we Josh, we got a lot of the same style. We talk quite a bit, you know what I'm saying, on how we scout and how we attack pieces and stuff. And, you know, I'm looking transitions and pressure. You know, I'm looking for untouched ground that nobody's got to. And, and if that and means I got to walk a little further, then, you know, so be it. Yeah. And I won't I won't ever say that there's not a lot of people in Michigan because I, I feel like there are a lot of hunters in Michigan, but there are still those spots where people just drive by them and say, Oh, there's a piece of public land <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. We're looking very easy. Yep. There's a lot of small spots. We've got a couple that are third. There's a 35 acre or something not yeah. too far from here. That just, just a little, very small little piece. Small. And those are the kind of pieces that, I kind of like to look for on public are those small spots that you can't run forever because I feel like people don't like the thought of having to go knock on a door to get permission to track a deer. And you know which spot I'm talking about. It's over towards where you deer hunt. There's only one vehicle that I've really ever seen in that parking lot. And that opens up however many acres but so you you run and gun hunt public. What is your run and gun setup? Well, I have a summit climber that I've had honestly since the late nineties. I can't tell you how many deer I've killed out of the thing. Yep. Uh, I also have you know some lone wolf sticks, and I bought a couple hawk stands last year that I toyed around with, and I had a small big game stand that was only like. 12 or 14 pounds that I had two years ago that I ran um, with the lone wolf sticks. So I've just been tweaking. I, I was talking to you earlier. I just ordered that new Novik stand. Um, so I'll be running that. I got some lone wolves that I cut down and put API double steps on. See, and that's so, what I got to do. I got to put a double step on mine. Yeah, I, I had bought one of the from Eastern Outdoors. And then I seen the API sticks are the same as the lone wolves, but they, they're like a hundred bucks for a set of three sticks and they come with double steps. So I took all my lone wolf parts and put them on them and took the double steps and put them on my lone wolves and cut them down to 20 inches, 20 or 24 inches. I don't, I don't remember. I but think stock I got, lone wolves come at 32 and then yeah. I cut off, I think 12 of mine to get a 20 inch step, yeah. but I'm running single steps on mine. Yeah. Yeah. I, mine's about the same setup, but I have the, like I said, I have the double steps on it and then I got cable aiders on the bottom one or two. Okay. Um, but like I said, I just ordered that new stand. So I'm going to be playing with that because I got that Hawk ultralight combo last year that Midway had. Yep. It came with the sticks and that little tiny stand. Yep. And the stand's not bad. I, you know, I modded everything. So I got a lone wolf bracket and put it on there and, you know, the bat wing bracket. Yep. Oh, yeah. And uh, I hooked that up and I mean, it's a solid stand, but it's still, it's not the cast aluminum. It's got the welds on it. There's a lot that can go wrong and there's better options out there. I bought it trying to save a couple bucks and uh, I had one of the Hawk sticks kick out on me uh, when I was climbing down and I about threw them out <laughs> that really? night. I didn't, and, and, I didn't climb with them again, you know. I've heard some things like that before about those sticks, but I run, I got four set of hawk sticks, and I haven't had an issue yet. I actually love my hawk sticks. They might be, they're a little heavy, but. Yeah, I ran hawk sticks for the first season that I had 
that I was doing run and gun back in 16, 16 or 17. I ran four hawk sticks and I didn't have a problem. I rope modeled them to get rid of that steel or whatever metal buckle that they got. That yeah, goes around that the tree. is so cool. But, but see, yours is modded. Yeah. Your straps are modded with yeah. uh, like a beer Luke. can koozie or something almost. Oh, that's uh, it's almost like the silent um, silent tape, yep. whatever you want to call it, is put around those buckles so they don't clink and make noise. But yep. They work. And what do you use for stand? Uh, I got the Lone Wolf Assault 2. Okay. So same stand I use. I use four modded, I mean, basically just cut down lone wolf sticks. They are... Like you're running rope mods too, right? I'm using uh, Amsteel daisy yeah. chains yeah. on mine. I built some daisy chains on them, and I'm not I'm not completely sold on them because it doesn't... I have had, and I think it's probably because of me cutting them down and maybe not putting the buckle or, or the strap exactly in the right location... But I have had a couple where the bottoms kicked out when I've gone to just lock them down with my hands. Um, but other than that, lone wolves with daisy chains, I'm up a tree in seven minutes with my bow in my hand. Have you ever timed yourself? I have not timed myself. I know at the end of the season, I'm a lot faster than I am oh, at the yeah. beginning of the season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. I got, uh, I got this set up not last year, but towards the end of the year before. Yep. So it was it was actually the end of bow season, November, and my first night out, I killed that big doe, and it, you helped me drag her out. Well, well, why don't you tell us about that doe? Because this is your first <laughs> run and gun. It was my very first run and gun. That especially successful one. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that hunt. Uh, so I guess we should start with I was interested in getting into run and gun, watching you. And looking at your setup, and I really liked your stand and your sticks. And uh, so I'd borrowed yours for a set earlier in the year, and I really liked the mobility of it. So I I uh, found somebody selling a brand new stand close to me, and I, I picked that up, and I ordered the sticks. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting for the sticks to come in, and they finally came in, and it was November 14. I got home. <laughs> I remember. I, that. I got everything set up, and I'm like, "All right, I'm I'm running to the woods. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get this figured out. I'm gonna hunt out of my stand tonight." And I was I had a plan on uh, going in deep towards a swamp edge where I knew where some deer were hanging out. And by the time I actually got everything set up and got to the woods and got out there, it, it was running pretty late. And uh, I knew of of a closer spot, pretty close to the road. I mean, what are we, like 200 yards from the road? Another little wet area. And uh, I was like, you know what this will do? I just want to set it up. Even if I don't see a deer tonight, this will be okay. I'll set up in my stand. We had snow on the ground, didn't we? We had a lot of snow. Yep. It was like not quite knee deep, but it was like shin deep snow. Yeah. <laughs> so you could run off of sign, though. Yeah, and there was sign all over in the area I was going into. So I, I picked this closer area to just go set up so I could at least sit in the stand for some time before dark. And I got in there and there, there was quite a bit of sign that it's like an intersection of three different runs coming out of this wet area. One taking like a saddle, one taking a ridge top and one kind of cruising around the outside of it. And, uh, I picked a nice tree kind of close to the intersection of all three of them climbed up and I probably wasn't in that stand 20 minutes. And, uh, a couple of deer come running by me from the thick, I stood up and grabbed my bow and I looked back and I see it was a big body deer coming through. I couldn't see its head at first. I'm automatically I'm like, Buck, he's chasing these does that just come out of there. And this giant doe steps out and is at 20 yards broadside. And I'm like, just kind of looking at her in awe about how big she was at first. And I'm like, I'm shooting her, you know? <laughs> so I, yeah, I ended up shooting her and uh, I called Josh and, if that thing didn't go 400 yards into the swamp, <laughs> it didn't go 10 feet. Bleeding like a stuck pig. Dude, bad. <laughs> we, I'm pretty sure both of us still have videos saved of this deer of just the blood spray up trunks of trees coming in. And just, yeah, we had to cross the creek like three different times. And you're, I'm trying to remember where your arrow was. 
my arrow we found your went arrow. in behind her ribs and actually came oh, yeah. out on the top of her neck. Yep. Like in between her head and her her shoulders. Like it it went all the way through and I think it only caught one lung and the way it skirted through, it came out the top of her neck on yeah. the exit side. I remember that. And, yeah. Because every 20 yards, we're, like, shining the flashlight in front of us. Like, she should be right. <laughs> nope. Got to be laying here. <laughs> How can one deer lose this much blood? <laughs> that, was, that, was a good, that was a good night. We were out there for a long time. We were. <laughs> and then we only brought the hawk cart yep. to the first creek crossing. Which was and that 300 was... yards from where we got her <laughs> yeah. at. Oh, man. But that was, that's probably the biggest body deer I've killed. Yeah, and that was a big she's bigger than, Yeah, she's bigger than almost any any buck I've ever killed. Maybe, I don't know, maybe my nine yeah. body buck might have been a little bit bigger than her. But Want to lengthen your time in the field and shorten your scouting time? Not only does the HuntWise app show you property boundaries, landowners' names, and in some cases even their phone number, but using the app will show you the wind direction on the map of the place you want to hunt. And the HuntCast feature shows peak movement times for various species, including predators. Get the HuntWise app at www.huntwise.com, the Google Play Store, or the Apple App Store. For only $59.99 a year for Pro, or $119.99 a year for Elite. Use promo code OVERDRIVE20 for 20% off an annual membership. So, Teddy, if you're out looking on public land, let's say you're just looking at a map. You're not looking at topo, anything like that. You're just looking at a satellite image. What is one of the main things, if you were to see one thing on a map that said, I need to go check that out, what do you think that would be? Hmm. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of different things. You know, I mean, it just depends on the terrain. I'm looking for isolated transitions and areas that a whole deer that nobody's going to get to. I mean, it's so you, you hear it so much, especially with the running gun stuff, but it's you got to get to where people aren't going to be. A lot of times, my one spot in Stateland, it was a simple little clearing. There's railroad tracks that run through it, and there's a big, uh, I guess you would call it a swampy pond. And then it, it butted up to cattails, but there's like a little land bridge that crossed the tracks. And if you didn't cross there on that little land bridge, then you'd have to go down, I don't know, a half a mile through the swamp to find another solid crossing. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't flooded out. And I killed a lot of deer there, <laughs> you know, and it, it was just so simple that it was the, the, the easiest convenient spot for them. You is, know? Is, and when I found it, I knew, you know. Is that any? Is that water, that swampy edge, anything that you could have seen off a map? Or if you wouldn't have gone in there and put the footwork down, would you have not known it was there? No, no, you could definitely pull it right off a map. You you could see, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it is right at the edge of a long chunk of swamp. You know what I'm saying? Like it, there's a flooded pond area, and then it turns into a pretty decent-sized cattail marsh. But this is the only little land bridge, and it doesn't get a lot of action early season you know you get a ton of does crossing through there they're headed into the marsh and coming crossing long ways but in the rut the bucks every morning every evening are skirting that line looking for the does coming in and out of the thick dude you know what i'm saying and it's just the perfect little pinch point and it, it it's not much you know and it's on a small chunk of private but i killed you know most of these deer behind me were shot you know within 100 yards of that that little pinch point, you know. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven deer behind them. <laughs> yeah, those are all state land that were, you know, all mostly within the same area. Yep, absolutely. See, I, and I believe that if you find a good spot, it's going to be a good spot until ten more people find out it's a good spot. And and that's what happened to that spot. <laughs> we, we we were talking about this the other day, but you know what I'm saying? I, I had a couple people see me drag some decent deer out of there. And, uh, you know, it went to the birds. Now there's a guy that actually said a, he's got a permanent stand fixed right in the middle, uh, right on the edge of the swampy stuff, but like right in the bedding area. It's a damn island where they bed. And he... You know what I'm saying? There, there's a swampy part, or there's a, a pond, like, 
And then right on the other side of it, it's a thick island, and then it turns into cattail marsh. And the bucks would bet in there. It would be ripped. You know, I tracked a deer back in there, and there was just rubs everywhere. And I was like, yeah, yep. this is where this is where they're at. This is where they're living. You know what I'm saying? And I was right hugged tight to that edge. Then I went wandering back there. I wasn't seeing the deer or the sign like I was, you know, two years ago. And I went wandering. And, of course, I found some guy was coming in from the other side and hung a stand right in the middle of this damn island where they all, like, I mean, he he had been 20 yards, set up a permanent stand, you know, fixed stand, and probably had a bait pile back there, too, you know, whether or not he was supposed to, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's smack dab in the bedding area, you know, and that, yeah. that spot shot, you know what I'm saying? Like, until until he backs out of there and it gives time to cool down, that spot ain't going to produce no more. Not so, is there other setups around there that you could hunt around them? There is. There's a. There's another spot down the road that's um, down the railroad tracks. I have to access it from another way, and it makes my life a lot more difficult to get back into it. But yeah, I'll kill in there again for sure. You know, within within a couple hundred yards of where I did all my damage before, I'll I'll get back in there um, and get on them. Right. But so um, right now. What kind of summer scouting are you doing? I mean, what are you looking for right now? Let's say you're looking right now for a spot to go on October 1st, opening day of Michigan's bow season. What would you be looking for if you wanted to go, even if you didn't plan to go kill a a giant Michigan buck, what would you be looking for in Michigan on a map for opening day just to go see see some good movement? food right now you can see the acorns you can see the apples you know what i'm saying you can tell which trees are going to bear fruit this year and i'm always looking for a historical sign man i'm not looking for a run from this week i'm looking for the damn rubs that have been there for three or four years you know the same trees that have been rubbed up in the same areas you know what i'm saying i don't i don't want to try to chase down a random deer that crossed through an area i want you know an area that they've been hitting traditionally you know and you 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 can tell yeah, and we, what? Steve and I and Clint, my brother-in-law, went and scouted a spot, I don't know, March probably, April? Um, It was before Morels kicked up, so. Yeah, so it was earlier it in was the year. It was probably late March, early April. This is a spot that I scouted last year, and we've kind of known about this area, but there's always trucks in the parking lot. Heavy. Like, you can't drive heavy. past there without there being a truck during deer season. If there isn't four trucks, not 10 yards behind the trucks and 20 yards to the side, the rubs as big as a, you know, at a six, eight inch tree start right there and go right alongside the road. And we followed them. Yeah. In knee deep water. Yep. For a couple hundred yards. But that's historical sign to me too, because Last year, I scouted this same spot, and the exact same trees had been hit. Well, this year, when we came back in to scout it again, they all had been hit again. So I know that everybody is walking past 10 yards from the truck. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a video of that, isn't there? Yeah, we've, got a, we've got a video uh, yeah. up on the YouTube channel of that, of that scouting, scouting mission. But we found, as soon as you get there, and I mean, you can hear the cars. You can dang near see the cars going by on the road where we're finding the most sign, just absolutely trashed trees. And they're good buck. I mean, yeah. they're good bucks doing that, too. So that's that. I agree with that. I look for historical sign a lot. And that's why I look, you know, the earlier or you know, right after season, when the snow is just starting to melt and you can handle walking through Michigan snow when it's not yeah. four feet deep. It's some of the best yeah. time to find some of that sign. Yeah, because you can, I mean, you can look 200 yards across these woods and see rubs starting up. But I, I definitely agree with you. I, I look for historical sign during scouting right now. It seems to me right now that I'm I'm more focusing now my scouting on i'm looking for ridges and i'm looking for the the trails that run around these ridges going down into thick areas transition lines i look for ridges going into thick basically is what i look for for the early season now granted 
I've never killed anything over a two-year-old in early October. I usually do my best work late October when the sign is starting to freshen up again and these bucks are starting to wander around rubbing up trees. And I, I feel like I'm still not that great of an early season scouting person, but I'm still learning. Actually, I just ordered swamp country bedding, hill country bedding, marsh country bedding, <laughs> and lunatic fringe from Dan Infault today. Nice. So I'm going to have about go eight hours. Dan <laughs> I, I actually watched uh, half of the Big Woods uh, YouTube one he just put out. Yeah, I, I watched half of that one today with my little I, girls. I so. can't get enough Dan Infold. No, Dan Infold is a wealth of knowledge, and if he ever listens to this, we thank you for absolutely everything absolutely. you've ever put out for people because it, it does help us a lot. And Dan came to Michigan two years, two years ago, ago, I think, on the and, uh, and, Michigan Public Land Challenge. Yeah, and he left with a deer in the back of his truck. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, one thing too, Teddy, Michigan gets a whole lot of hate. Every podcast I hear, every write-up I see about Michigan is you don't want to waste your time. Do you agree to that? I mean, do you agree that Michigan is uh, not I, – I kind of believe it's a sleeper state. I, I shot a 151 last year. <laughs> My back card. <laughs> I mean – you know, I mean, a solid one, 151 and a half inch, 13 point, you know, in my backyard. This so, book's got a story behind him too, doesn't he? I, yeah, I watched him for two years. Um, and I would love to have killed him on my property. I killed him in the farmer's property behind my house. But I watched, actually watched him on opening day, November 15th of 2020, chasing the doe. Um all day it was pouring rain 40 mile an hour winds and i watched him chasing this doe and i was part I of this whole day i I, I, this day. I, I I mean i was just baffled like the biggest deer i've ever seen on the hoof in michigan by far you know what i'm saying and like all i needed him to do was come across the field to me you know and i knew he was there i know the people that hunt around here the guy that used to live in my house still has permission to hunt the 80 acres behind me him and his brother come out every opening day and sit on opposite corners of this field. So I had his, I'm directly across the field, the guy's kitty corner down from the deer and his brother is back behind me. So there's only, you know, the one way the deer can go, he's safe. And if he crosses the field, I got him. If they, if he goes down the other end, the old landowners got him mm-hmm. and his brother's got him if he goes the other way. Well, thankfully he went into the woods, followed his doe into the woods into the pines across the farmer's field. So I knew that, you know, he was here and that guy only comes out for opening day. He shot a spiky, uh, a couple of, after watching this 150 chase a doe all morning, he shot a spiky that had pencils, dude, like golf pencils, man, like three inch spikes and was happy. He got his buck. He came over to my blind and they loaded up with the side by side. He came over and said, got my buck. I'll see you next year. (laughs) <laughs> all right bro have at it you that's know? the excitement we need yeah it is. you know i'm it like is. you know what good for him he's happier than the pig and shit he got his buck <laughs> i still got that monster to chase so i knew unless i messed it up i was going to kill that deer you know what i'm saying so i just watched the weather watched the wind and didn't even didn't even go back into the corner where i had seen him until the weather was right and on the 24th of november we had a big cold front coming in. The wind was perfect. And I went out and I was actually texting one of my buddies and I knew I was going to kill him that day. I, he, you know, and he's joking around and he's texting me. He's like, man, and I had already filled the tag on the 16th with a buck that my daughter shot during the youth hunt and dropped with a muzzle loader and it got back up and ran off. Yep. Um, so I shot, you know, I would have been tagged out. So my buddy's so, texting so me, to, like, man. So to clear that up, though, your daughter shot one on the youth hunt that you could not find. Yeah, yeah, I got it on video. It was a big half a rack um, in velvet. She dropped it in its tracks with a 50 cal, shot him high right above the spine, dropped him into the beans. We celebrated because I didn't know she hit it high. Didn't reload the muzzle loader, and he got up and walked off. And, um, you know, 
he showed back up about two weeks later on camera. And my daughter's like, Dad, if you get a chance, we called him Limpy because he had a busted up leg. And my daughter's like, Daddy, if you get a chance, you shoot Limpy, you know. And I wouldn't have shot him. He was two and a half year old, eight point, you know, but he only had half a rack. But um, I didn't plan on shooting him. But after all that had happened, I said, baby, if I get the chance, I will. Well, on yep. the 16th, he came out chasing the doe and, you know, I put it on him. You know, one shot with the 450, he went 20 yards and piled up. So, but my buddy is texting me. He's like, you know, shoot that 10 point. He's like, kill that big 10 point. Because the, the same deer we were chasing was a 10 point last year. I had a pictures of him on camera. I didn't know he had split brow tines this year. And he had a little kicker. So he's, that put him up to uh, 13 points. Last year, he was a mainframe 10, probably 135. You know, beautiful three and a half year old deer last year or well it would have been 2019 you know but uh you know my buddies text me he's like man would you shoot that big he's like shoot that big 10 point so we can go on doe patrol because he had some doe tags he wanted to fill you know what i'm saying <laughs> he's, he's like shoot that big one you know and i shit you not a half about an hour later i had a picture of it i sent you the picture josh yep of him laying in the field and yep. i said yep. it to my buddy i said he's down you know and it was it was all hooting and hollering and celebrating then my you know my buddy came out and he my buddy was actually in the blind with me on opening day on the 15th and seen this deer chasing you know and i had video of him chasing so my buddy was a big part of the story too my buddy justin and so he came out and me and him went and got the deer and got it in and you know he's at the tax nervous now but <laughs> what did you shoot that one with you said a 450 yeah 450 bushmaster what bullet did you choose for that oh uh, the hornady's Okay. Uh, no, not the blacks, just uh just the regular. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I I've had great luck with them. Um with that four I don't with the 450, I put it on a shoulder, man. They don't go nowhere. It, yep. It's a big enough gun. You put it right on the shoulder. I shot that deer from 135 yards. And I actually had the crosshairs behind his shoulder. I'm like, "Nah, cuz I don't have access to the pines on the other side of the farm field." And he had walked out of them. So I'm like, nah, he's the exact same farm that you hunt. He's got, he he like bought it. a house, has access to the property behind him, and then there's pines that he can't get into. That's the exact same. <laughs> you live next door to me? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I put it right on. You know, I had it behind his shoulder, and I moved it up right onto his shoulder. He was quartering towards me and just piled him right up. And, I mean, I just sat there and shook for I, – I, I kelped it together till. You know what I'm saying? I pull the trigger and then I lose it. You know, I've, I've killed enough deer to where I can usually hold my shit together till it's done. And then I lose it. You know, and this one, I just sat back and you know, I lost my mom last spring. And, um, you know, she was my biggest fan, my biggest supporter. And so I sat back and thanked her. And, you know, I actually said, Ma, you see that? I got my buck. You well, know, you mama was a part of that. For sure, dude. You know, she would always be the first one that I'd call, you know, after my dad passed. My dad passed away when I was 19, so my mom was always my biggest fan, and I was the one in the family. My brother's a big fisherman. I'm the deer hunter, you know what I'm saying? So mom was always rooting for me, so she definitely sent that deer right out in front of me, you know. Absolutely. That's but, the same way I, I killed my first public land buck in 2010, and it was only a couple months after my grandpa had passed away. And it was the dumbest 10 point I've ever seen in my life because he snorted at me, stomped at me at 65, 70 yards, and I heart shot him at seven yards. Well, they don't do that. <laughs> they don't do that unless there's a little bit of a push from above saying, just keep going. Right, right. Oh, a little further. <laughs> Go about 60 yards closer right underneath that dude you were just stomping at. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> um. Teddy, do you use trail cameras on public land? I do. What I kind do. of what kind of things do you look for for a spot to set up a trail camera in the summer? I mean, do you make mock scrapes? Do you do you set them on just natural travel patterns? It, it's changed over the years. You know what I'm saying. Um, nowadays, it's more. Uh, it dep it depends. If it's an area I know I'm going to be hunting, and I know that's a decent area, I will definitely throw a vine up and make a mock scrape and you know have my my kill tree picked out if i know where i'm coming and going you know what i'm saying right it's a different approach now if i'm just scouting and collecting info you know 
I'm looking for pinch points, funnels, stuff like that. Hanging my hanging my cameras high. You know, when I'm chasing and you know looking for an area, it's different than if I got an area dialed in and I'm keeping tabs on what's coming through and when. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I I definitely have had spots on several spots on state land where I've ran cameras on scrapes, and when them when I got the pictures I needed and seen what I needed to, it was time to get in there. You know, yeah. just try to ease in and check them when you hunt, or you know, make a trip just to go in to check them if you know it's about that time. You know. Do you focus on water at all during the early season? Not not so much. Um, mostly food. You know what I'm saying? The the yeah. first the first couple of weeks you got soft mass, you got apple trees, you got a lot of acorns. If you can find solid food, you know what I'm saying, especially in bigger chunks of woods. You know, if you're not in a huge ag area, you know what I'm saying. If if you can find in some big woods, you can find an acorn flat or a couple isolated apple trees. I've had good luck, you know, finding some isolated apple trees back on the edge of swamps and stuff like that where you know what i'm saying they produced a lot of action i probably didn't kill as much as i should have out of them areas but it was definitely i definitely was would have been able to see and that's kind of where i am with trail cameras right now trying for pictures right now pictures of big velvet after that then i start moving around trying to figure out you know i'll use my pictures and say once you get that picture you know which direction it was traveling from and towards generally if it comes from your you know from behind your camera in the morning and it's going into the woods somewhere you know which way he's going you know which way he's headed probably to bed that day that's where i start pinpointing and i might only move a camera 100 yards just to find out i want to get them close as close to daylight as possible in the evening and going back to bed in the morning but I want to get them. I, I feel like you want to get a picture early or later in the morning of a buck, especially now because they're going back to bed later. But early, in early season, when the deer pressure or the hunting pressure starts, if you can get one even close to daylight in the morning, you're probably going to be close to where they're holding up for the day. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um. What about your favorite hunt? You got a favorite hunt on public land that you could you could tell us about how that went down, how you picked the spot, and just, you know, tell us the rundown of that one hunt. Doesn't matter if it's your biggest, if it's your smallest. The <laughs> memorable hunt that you've had running gun hunting public land. Uh, this seven point right here. Yep. It was was a good one. 2018, I think I shot. I shot. It was the year I bought my property here. And didn't we I kill had, bucks on the same day? Or I think a day or two was, apart. I, I think so. That was the seventh I killed that one on, I think. Okay. We've had a couple years where we've killed right. We usually our vacations are usually around the same time in the November. Yep. And uh so oh, we're always either I'm out or you're out or we're out together. You know what I'm saying? Talking. Yep. But that buck, I actually had just gotten access to all the property behind my house. And I had, you know, my property here that I had, you know, I've been putting food plots in and I've done a ton of habitat work on my 10 acres since I got it. And, um, but I knew there were some good deer over there and I, uh, you know, I had seen some good sign. I wasn't running cameras over there because I wasn't over there as much and I didn't have cell cameras yet. So I literally left my house to drive a half hour. I was on vacation. I got, I left my house and drove a half hour south to go down and hunt this chunk of state land. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, this is the best. I had, we had a huge cold front barometric pressure was high. Like this is going to be one of them mornings, you know, and I chose to go hunt this state land because, uh, you know, I had seen some good sign back in there about a week earlier. I went and checked some things out. I knew I was going to be on vacation and I actually took my climber and locked it to the base of this tree. And uh, so I, I left my house and I'm thinking the whole ride, like I'm crazy to go hunt state land. I got 140 acres of private land right here in my backyard, you know, where I know I got good deer on camera. I got some good ones on video, you know, and I went and sat and 
drug i on my way out i had a drag i put some dopey on it and you know drug ascent trail out to my spot got up in my stand and right at daylight i heard a branch breaking you know 30 40 yards behind me and this deer was right there i i went to stand up and i, I get my bow and turn around and at the, by this time this deer is 12 yards from me looks up at me and i mean he's got me busted i'm like what do i do you know i can't draw nothing so he turns around to walk away. I just froze. He turns around to walk away, step behind the tree. And I drew as he stepped behind the tree and shot. And I spined him, dropped him in his tracks. So I grabbed another arrow, knocked another arrow, put one right behind his shoulder. And uh, it was it was just an amazing hunt. You know what I'm saying? Like everything yeah. in my mind told me not to go hunt there, but I knew I needed to go hunt there. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole ride, I'm like, feeling. Yeah, yeah, but the whole ride, and I actually was texting my same buddy Justin, you know what I'm saying, and he told he texted me that morning. He's like, "You're gonna kill one this morning, man. Everything, the conditions are right." And he's like, "You're gonna see a good deer, you know." And right after daybreak, you know, and I actually ended up having to call another buddy to help me get it out of there because it was quite a ways back up in there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was it just all the pieces came together. It was one of them hunts where I shouldn't have been there, but. You know, something told me I needed to be. Yeah, and those are the best ones when they work out, too. I, I last year, that 12 point, I, I had posted on our Facebook page, I hate these nights. It was so quiet and so dead calm that there was <laughs> no way that no deer within 250 yards of you were going to just lay there and listen to you walk in because it was so loud. I said, dude, this ain't even worth it. Like, how are we going to sneak in here and kill a deer? And I killed the biggest buck of my life. <laughs> well, that's my big nine point I killed. I killed him on November 3rd, 2015, and it was 75 degrees in the evening. Yeah. I was Jeez. hunting out of a, a ladder stand, a two person ladder stand that I'd had up for a few years that I've never even seen a deer out of before. And I just had a feeling to hunt that stand that night. And I'm in a t shirt. Mostly because I didn't want to go shopping with my wife at the night. <laughs> like, I'm going hunting. I got, you know, I got to be out there. And here he come following two does and he came to a grunt call. I grunted at him and he turned around and he spun in. I heart shot him and he was dead in 25 yards. See, it's just go with your gut feeling. Always. <laughs> it was like all of your normal conditions that you would predict were wrong for yeah. that day. It was so hot. I mean, given it was early November, which will they move, but it was hot and it was early. I mean, I probably shot him at like five o'clock. We seem to be catching a couple of them because I remember my lease ended, I think, in 2017. And that year I had gotten permission on a 70 acre piece to hunt. And I took a week's vacation, I think the first week of November, and it was 85 degrees. Yeah. Like we were getting, we were getting videos and pictures on trail camera all night long. A deer in one. I remember that the target buck that we had. You could see the video in the video. My climber and him grunting like a pig, chasing the doe around it all night long. Oh, it's nice and cool. Think I ever saw that sucker? <laughs> as soon as no. the sun comes up, he's down somewhere. <laughs> he was gone. But then last year was the same way. Last year, early November. It was warm. It was 70 degrees. Yeah. Yeah, that fucking Halloween in the t-shirt this past year. It was warm. See, and I killed mine the, the night, night before, before, and I was wearing Shiver Shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Teddy, we've kept you here almost an hour. For 2021, what what do you got planned? What are your goals? I mean, you got any hunts planned? I mean, what what are your expectations for this year? Iowa. I got an Iowa. Iowa tag in my pocket, brother. Iowa public or Iowa um, private? It's 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 just an archery tag. Okay. So I can hunt either. We um got I got really lucky. A couple of my buddies, uh one of my buddies knows a guy, uh his uncle lives in Missouri or Kansas, one of the two, and he knows some farmers in Iowa. And he hooked us up with these farmers and we went about a month and a half ago and did some scouting and uh it's it's a different world out there there's just giant deer and we ended up meeting a bunch of really cool farmers and got access to a bunch of property so um 
four of us applied as a group, uh, me and, you know, three of my good buddies. So uh, I, there's no doubt in my mind that we should all have a chance at some giants. <laughs> like from the trail camera pictures we're getting and pictures from the landowners and stuff, it, it's going to be a ball. When are you planning on going? Uh, we're going to get back down there here next month and do some more scouting and hang a few sets. Um, and then we're kind of going to go by the cameras. You know what okay. I'm saying? Obviously, we want to be down there the first week in November. But if we're getting daylight pictures and, you know, they open October 1st as well. So, I mean, if we're getting legit daylight pictures in October 1st, then we're going to be down there. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, I mean, we got kind of free access to hunt the whole season down there from these guys. So, um, you know, we're going to we're going to play it by ear, but we'll definitely be probably be down there for the first week in November if we're not already tagged out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you kind of be dumb, I think, to not go during the rut. Yeah, I mean, unless, <laughs> I mean, like I said, unless there's something that tells me I need to be down there before then, because you know, I mean, if I'm gonna, you know, I've been doing this long enough to know I'm gonna do what the deer tell me, not what I want them to do. I'm gonna do what the fucking deer tell me, you right. know, because I spent a lot of time hunting where I thought the deer would be instead of where the deer were. You know what I'm saying? Like, this spot looks good, but, you know. Right. So, nope, and I agree to that. We're I'm running trail cams right now on public, but I, I know I'm going to have to relocate them come actual season and when the pressure's on and everything. And they move. I've got one right now that is 20 yards off of a public road and right across the street is private, but every pull i've had out of there has had a buck in it right now yeah but i don't expect that to continue once the pressure starts right. um so i know that you know we're gonna probably have to keep moving trail cameras around and everything you're only got man what's the drive to iowa for you it's about 11 hours i think so that's not a spot that you can just go run down there all willy-nilly after no. work one it's, <laughs> you know, it's gonna take some planning you know what i'm saying so and the guys i'm going with my one buddy he hunts all over he's got he's hunting tennessee he's hunting five states this year he's hunting michigan ohio tennessee kentucky and iowa okay uh i don't know how he's gonna pull it all off but <laughs> he's he's gonna try so i'm curious why why he did tennessee is tennessee a, a state that i don't know about yeah there, yeah yeah, it's it's up and coming for sure. There's there's some big deer in parts of Tennessee. Small bodies though, right? Or am I wrong? No, just like Kentucky deer, man. Kentucky deer, huge. That big non-typical got shot. That world record non-typical got shot out of Tennessee a couple years back. It was a giant that like gotcha thirty four pointer or something. I don't know. It was gnarly, but that was out of Tennessee a couple years ago. Gotcha. But um, I I think one day I'm. I think I'm going to start if when I start out of state, it'll be either Kentucky or Ohio. Yeah. Ohio definitely has got some nice deer. I hunted there in 2015 and shot a decent 10 point uh, by Michigan standards. The Ohio people were like, why'd you shoot that little guy? Like, That's the biggest deer I've ever seen, dude. What do you mean? But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely want to get in back down to Ohio. Um, I want to start looking at some public land down there because I'm I am totally convinced if you can kill in Michigan, man, you can go kill anywhere. You know, and and I, I kill consistently, and I'm confident that I can go. To, you know, I'm going to go to Iowa and knock the shit out of a monster this year. You know, and if oh, if I get to dude. if I get to Ohio again, yeah, I'm awesome. gonna do the same. You know, when I, I hunted Ohio in 2015, we had a kind of an outfitter. He basically had land and a lease and a cabin and a couple stands set up, but we could free freelance wherever we wanted. And I hunted the first couple of days at his spot and was like, no, I don't like this. You know, you need to show me some more property. So he took me to another chunk of property that he had access to. They didn't have any stands. I walked it, hung my climber, killed the next morning. You know. Perfect. See, even so. on private land, I think run and gun. If, if I would have moved a lot more when I had my lease, I probably could have had chances at bigger deer. But once once I hunted that for five years, it's like my stands are where they are. I killed yeah, deer. You do it, you know, like, just whatever. Like but it wasn't always now that I've kind of graduated and come up 
by myself, not from peer pressure at not, you know, I, I grew up for, and it was probably five years ago that I shot my last year and a half old buck, but I did that on my own. And it's like, I probably could have killed some bigger deer on private land had I have been a little more willing to move, but it's like, what? When you're on 38 acres and you got 16 tree stands, because every tree, I had eight sets on that 38 acres. Every one was a double set. I wasn't moving any of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to go pick a tree. I'll probably see deer that day. But did I ever, I saw one big one and shot it. And a guy a mile up the road shot it two days later. But that was the first, first morning on that private land in a different setup. I remember that was when me and you first started talking, bro. Yeah. We were on, you posted on one of the Facebook pages and we started messaging. God, and you big too. That, you that, that was that when me and you right? really started I've talking. Yeah. And, you know, ever since then, we've, you know what I'm saying? We're every year during hunting season, we're messaging back and forth constantly, you know? That's, that's what I love about, that's the one thing I think I love about Facebook is it'll connect you with like-minded people. Right. Otherwise, Absolutely. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Else just kind of garbage. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> this will probably get fact-checked if we put it on there. Oh, but. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> well, Teddy, we thank you very much for your time tonight. I'm not going to keep you any longer. I'm actually going to get up in about six and a half hours to go fishing with the boy tomorrow morning. <laughs> so we're going nice. to... Uh, end this one tonight but teddy i appreciate you being with us is there anything you got to add teddy or steve i don't think so i think we covered some really great things tonight yeah yeah no i i I said a whole lot i appreciate you guys having me on i'm always down to talk some deer thanks for coming on man yeah we're glad to have you teddy and we appreciate you always always following with us and uh yeah, I appreciate being able to message you and say, dude, I just missed a big one. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, but, the, funny th- the funny thing is, man, you're like the second person I sent that picture of my buck to. I sent it to my buddy that I was texting, and then I sent it to you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and, and I love that, you know? we. I, I know if I, I could send you a map and be like, hey, bro, where would you hit this? What do you think about this? You know what I'm saying? And we attack things a lot the same way, and, you know, it's it's just nice to have someone to talk to, yeah. like minded, like you said, you know. Like minded people, man, they make good friends. Absolutely, Teddy, I appreciate it, and uh, everybody that has listened to this one, uh, we appreciate you listening. If you don't mind, go give us a rating, review, give us a like on this podcast. Um, helps us get seen around the board. Uh, Instagram, come find us on Facebook, Facebook our new YouTube, YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, we got a new YouTube channel that uh, we kind of had a foobar. <laughs> had, had to delete the old one and start a new one, basically. But, um, yeah, we appreciate everybody that's always been here with us. And, Teddy, we definitely appreciate you being on here with us today. And send us those pictures because I know you're getting excited yeah. for Iowa, and I want to see the bucks that you're going to chase after. Absolutely. Good oh, luck in so Iowa. Cool. For sure. Keep putting out good content. Content. I'll keep sharing it, fellas. We appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, Teddy.